your Minnesota Wild beat the St. Louis Blues 8-5 to in a wild one at Enterprise Arena in St. Louis late last night, nationally televised on TNT. And boy, is there a lot to unpack from that exciting game. This is Troy. This is your Wild Minute with Troy. This is the place to come on Spotify where you want your quick hits heading into the game, coming out of the game. We have it for you. You don't have to spend an hour trying to figure out what the lines are, getting ready for a game, or figuring out what just happened and what you just watched and what it meant. You come to Wild Minute with Troy. We got it for you. So, Wild win last night, 8-5. to five. What it means. They climb back to within a point of the Dallas Stars. The Wilds stay four points ahead of the Colorado Avalanche. The Avs have two games in hand, but the Wild are doing a nice job lately of keeping... Uh, a good margin between them and the third place Avs. And I believe there's seven points, uh, maybe even eight, over the Winnipeg Jets, which are the number four team in the division and the second wild card. The Wild set a franchise record. Well, they set a couple franchise records last night. Eight was their highest output. They've done it five or six times. Five goals in the second period was the most they ever scored in one period. And then, of course, they are 11 0-3 in their last 14 games, and that's a new franchise record, to go 14 consecutive games and earn at least a point. And as you know, 11-0-3, they've won 11 in regulation, they've lost 3 in overtime to get those 1 points in the standings, and they now are in 2nd place in a stronghold for now, 1 point away from the Dallas Stars, 3 points from the Vegas Knights, which are the number 1 seed in the Western Conference. It's there, folks. It's there for the Wild to take, even with Kaprizov on the bench. So let's start there. Kaprizov, who is out for his third straight game, he originally was supposed to be out three to four weeks. Of course, it's lower body. The Wild don't announce anything more than that. Safe to assume it's a groin or a hamstring, which is very sensitive and very, you can't rush that type of player back. One of the TNT reporters last night for the first time, at least in our listenership, um, gave a report on Kirill's rehab. And it looks like due to his conditioning and due to who he is, and I'm just quoting the TNT guy, the reporter, he could be back much earlier than they expected. Now, no need to rush him back because with an injury like a hamstring or a, a groin, you rush back and you pop that thing, you're out for another month or two. So obviously the Wild don't want to do that. And hey, when they're setting records with scoring, why rush them back? We kid about that because what's getting lost, yes, the Wild have scored five, four, and eight goals. That's 17 goals in three games without Kirill. And yes, with Kirill in the lineup the last, the previous few weeks, they hadn't been scoring, definitely not secondary scoring. But let's not lose sight of the fact that they played the San Jose Sharks, the Arizona Coyotes, and the St. Louis Blues. Three teams in the bottom of the Western Conference with no hopes of making the playoffs. And all of the teams, uh, relatively speaking, did fire sales. No Vladimir Tarasenko last night. Of course not. He was traded to the Rangers. No Ryan O'Reilly. Of course not. He was traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that was a shell of its former self for the St. Louis Blues, which, by the way, 11-1-1 in their last 13 against the Wild makes that win last night that much more special. Also, San Jose may have traded a player or two, and, of course, uh, the Coyotes got rid of Chikrin uh, right before the deadline 
and um, they were uh, a shell of its former self, too, even though they managed <laughs> to beat the Wild in overtime. But anyhow, I digress. Three games without Kirill, 17 goals, certainly trending the right direction, and it's that that scoring up and down the lines right now, which really is exciting to see for the Wild. You have the top line, Hartsy scored two goals last night. That second line, Boldy was active. Johansson got his first goal in a Wild uniform. They were all over. Uh, Eck got a goal. Nothing new there. He's having a great season. I really like Eck and Boldy together. I like Johansson there too. I am intrigued by Gustav Nyquist when he comes back to the lineup if they slide him into the second spot and break up that second line and send Johansson down, but we can talk about that another time. Third line, uh, the original, the normal Moose line, that's the Goudreau line right now with Oscar Sundquist. Sonny, former Blue, for five years, won a cup there. He got a goal last night. And then what What else do we need to say about the fourth line? Ryan Reeves, Mason Shaw, Connor Dewar, those guys are literally lighting up whenever they get on the ice. Mason Shaw got a great goal yesterday. Ryan Reeves got a, a, his second goal in two games. Of course, he had the Gordie Howe hat trick his previous game. I uh, would have liked to see it here, but he never did drop the gloves. So uh, he didn't get the Gordie Howe hat trick, but he has two goals in two games. Right now, this team is buzzing. Again, they've played three bottom feeders. That changes on Saturday. A 1 p.m. matinee against the league's best team. Perhaps the NHL's greatest regular season team ever. You can't argue with the record. You can't argue that the Boston Bruins have the best record, one of the best records in NHL history. And then, of course, with with Linus Olmark, they have the best goaltender. It's going to be a firestorm uh, Saturday at the XL Energy Center. Remember, it's a 1 o'clock tip-off. You'll notice that I talked about Ryan Reeves and fights, and he could have had the Gordie Howe hat trick. Let's go back and unpack a little bit more of that second period. So the Wild lay an egg in the first period, come out really slow. The defense is terrible. Now it's worth mentioning, of course, Brodeen's out for yet another game. And he he's with the team. He skated, and he was a, a day game-day decision. But they're still holding him out for the same reason that they might be uh, keeping Kaprizov out longer than they need to at the end is because this team's winning and they don't want to rush anyone back. So anyhow, you're missing your number two defenseman, that's Jonas Brodin. You're missing your number three defenseman, which you learned just a half hour before the game, Jake Middleton, non-COVID illness, so he had the flu. So you have you have Dumba and Goose who've been playing together. You have Marilyn, I, I think Addison, and then you have, uh, well, maybe it was Marilyn and um, Klingberg, and then you have, uh, of course, Spurge at the top, and... Um, and Addison drew in. So a lot of shuffling with the D-men. You're missing two of your top three. The Wild looked very loose in that first period, and actually they looked loose much of the game, and they have a lot on this road trip. So that's one thing. Don't want to uh, be a damper on what was really an entertaining night. One of the most entertaining games the Wild have played all season. One of the NHL's most entertaining games. Combine that with the TNT production, um, national telecast. Guys, if you don't watch the intermission uh, studio visits with those with the TNT crew or the post-game or the pre-game, you're missing out. These guys not only are having fun, they add a lot of insight. you got some former players that aren't just your stereotypical, cliched former players that are kind of cheerleaders in the studio. They're really providing some great insight and a lot of give and take, which makes it a lot of fun. So that's a sidebar. TNT, hats off. Ten times the telecast and the production that ESPN is doing. 
we can talk about that another time too. Back to the second period. Five goals. So the Wild had laid an egg, down three to one. It looked, after the first period, it looked like this was going to be one of those games where, well, you know, you're missing Kaprizov, you're missing Brodine, you're missing Middleton, you're missing Nyquist, you're missing Moose. It, it was expected. They've had a nice long run of points. So this was expected. Let's just take our loss and move on. Nope. The Wild decided to come out firing in that second period. They scored a franchise-high five goals. Just totally lived rent-free in Jordan Bennington's head. And that was probably the highlight of the game. So, Hartsey scores a goal midway through the second period. We're probably late in the second period. He scores it from the slot. He skates over past Bennington to, to uh, you know, hug his teammate like they normally do. I agree with Tom Reed, um, who said in the postgame, Hartsey didn't run the goalie. He didn't try really hard to get out of the way. But if you watch the instant replay enough times, I actually think Bennington stuck his skate out a little longer to trip Hartsman. Hartman. So Hartman bumped into the goalie, bumped into Bennington, went through him, went to congratulate his teammates. I think it was Zuccarello. Bennington loses his you-know-what. He goes skating over to the pile of wild players celebrating, and with his blocker, just cold cocks Hartman, who went flying down. Well, obviously, that was a five-minute major, a five-minute ma- 